I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Wednesday, November 23rd, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Messi or Ronaldo? It's an endless debate. But at least on Instagram, that's been settled, Jay. Soccer megastar Cristiano Ronaldo has 501 million followers, making him the first account to ever surpass the 500 million mark on the platform. So I guess my first question is, Jay, are you surprised that he's the most followed person in the world on Instagram? I am not, but even 501 million followers on Instagram will not get you a starting position on Manchester United, apparently. I know. I think that's almost how he got to the the extra whatever million it took is his controversial comments of late. But he's got a big he's got a big few weeks ahead of him. It's the it's the World Cup. Portugal is set to do well as they usually do and, and go pretty far. And so we'll have to see. It's exciting. Like I said, that Messi Ronaldo, you know, Messi also, by the way, took a hit earlier today, losing to, to Saudi Arabia. We're recording this on Tuesday. He scored a goal. He scored a goal, but you got it. Well, it was a weird game. I, Jay, I, I saw the highlights. I didn't wake up that early, but I saw the highlights. It was a weird game. Anyways, I think they'll be back. Cristiano, congratulations to you. What a milestone. 501 million followers. He, he is. It's a little known fact that he's also a peak pal, listens every single day. Did you know that? That's right. CR7, Sui himself. He's listening. He's listening before his practice. If he could just give us a shout out on Instagram, it would be a huge leg up for all of us Peak Pals. Brett, aside from Ronaldo on Instagram, what do we have for Peak Pals today? For our first story, Meta's oversight board steps in. For our second story, the government is in the dark on the national housing plan. And for our last story, Canada's biggest private unions are looking for a raise. For our first story, Meta's Oversight Board, which is an independent body that judges the company's most high-stakes content moderation cases, just made a decision that could change how the company moderates content. Brent, what did the Oversight Board decide? So here's the context. Back in January, Meta removed a music video clip from a song by a UK drill artist off of Instagram per the request of the London Metropolitan Police, who claimed it contained a quote-unquote veiled threat and might increase the risk of potential regulatory gang violence. Well, drill is a rap subgenre noted for its particularly aggressive nature that has stirred moral panic in the UK and US for its alleged and highly disputed ties to gang violence. Now, the Oversight Board has ruled that the clip should not have been taken down, setting insufficient evidence of a real threat and saying Meta should have given more consideration to artistic expression. The board recommended that Meta create a new system for content removal requests, holding government and law enforcement to higher standards and publicly publishing any data accompanying their requests. It also recommended that Meta allow users to appeal such content removal decisions directly to the board and clarify its guidelines, specifying what a veiled threat is. Well, this Meta board would not like NWA of the 90s, but probably much more aligned with Tipper Gore of the 80s. Here's why it matters, Brett. If the measures are accepted, they could transform how the tech giant interacts with police and governments around the world, that according to Financial Times. And if the board is correct, reduce bias and discrimination in content removal requests from state actors. For our second story, in 2017, the government launched its national housing strategy to create more affordable housing, which includes a sub-plan aimed at cutting chronic homelessness in half by 2028, Now, five years in, are the feds any closer to this goal? Well, the short answer might disappoint you, Jay. No one knows. And so what do we know? 
Yeah, it's not, it doesn't sound great, Brett, but a report by Canada's Auditor General found no answer to whether the plan has done anything to improve housing outcomes for Canadians, and each of the separate agency in charge said they were not responsible for addressing homelessness. It's like that meme where it's all the Spider-Mans pointing at each other and nobody knows who's responsible. Infrastructure Canada spent $1.36 billion between 2019 and 2021 on the program, but shrugged as to whether homelessness increased or decreased since. The Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation, CMHC, which is leading the housing strategy, also claimed it didn't know who benefited from the initiative. And here's why it matters. Homelessness takes a financial toll on cities, burdens the healthcare system, and causes incalculable human suffering for those directly impacted. Now, tackling such ingrained systemic issues takes targeted and properly accounted for spending. The lack of accountability also cast doubt on the national housing strategy's broader goal, of building 160,000 affordable housing units that it promised to build. Now, to zoom out, the report claims it is unlikely the plan will meet its homelessness reduction goals without both CMHC and Infrastructure Canada better coordinating their efforts. You think? Could they coordinate them any worse at this point? For the third story... Canada's biggest private unions are looking for some of the largest pay gains seen in a generation to make up for the damage inflation has inflicted on consumer purchasing power. That's right, Jay. Private sector wages are up by 3% this year, but have actually fallen when you account for inflation, sitting at 6.9% down from a peak of 8.1% in June. Public sector unions are also upping their wage demands. Ontario narrowly avoided another education worker strike by agreeing to a pay increase deal of 3.6% a year. And here's why it matters. If large multi-year pay bumps become locked in through union contracts, it could become more difficult for the Bank of Canada to return inflation to its 2% target, giving TMAC a huge headache. The Bank of Canada advised against unusually large pay bumps to avoid a wage price spiral in which higher prices lead to higher wages, which then pushes prices even higher. But there's actually little evidence that higher wages are the driving force behind inflation right now. And there's actually a lot of evidence that people are struggling to keep up with a rising cost of living. Far fewer Canadian workers are unionized now compared to previous periods of high inflation, which may also make the emergence of a wage price spiral less likely. Here's the bottom line. It's not surprising unions are negotiating more aggressively for higher pay after a year of high inflation. Whether they have the power to make wage waves is another matter. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. And Brett, where are you watching the game today? At the office, Jay. But I'm excited. It'll be We're having a viewing party. Are you going to have pints on tap? You should come by if you're in the area. Oh, I'm coming by. I'm bringing beer. We'll enjoy the game together. Brett, have a good day. You too.